Do you want to talk about books? Yeah. Hello, and welcome to A Well-Read Life. This is a place to share stories about good books and the reading life. I'm your host, Beth Jamison. Join me as I meander through my reading journey and discover the books that make up a well-read life. Mrs. Allie Reynolds, a surrogate grandmother to me and my siblings, took great offense at the Disneyfication of literary characters. To her, it was one of the grossest sins one could commit. As a former children's librarian, she was as near an expert on all things literary that I had ever known. With an old South lilt peppering her every word, we nearly always saw her good-humored and jovial. Mary is the word that comes to mind when I think of her now. But, mentioned Disney adaptations of children's classics, and we saw a fire in her belly that surprised us all. Children's books were sacred to Mrs. Reynolds, and the license that was taken with a story and movie versions was unforgivable, and none caused more ire than the adaptation of Winnie the Pooh. It became a running joke in our family, not to mention our love of the Pooh cartoons to Mrs. Reynolds. Tea at her home, which was named nearby, was filled with her sharing book recommendations as she passed around the tea and in between recounting stories of her childhood in rural Georgia. One of my younger brothers, Tim, must have taken her recommendation to heart because Winnie the Pooh was the first book he read on his own. My mom would hear him chuckling to himself as he read, and when he finished, he brought the book to my mom and proudly proclaimed, that was a good book. How those words would have delighted Mrs. Reynolds. For my part, I have just finished in their entirety, for the first time, Winnie the Pooh and the House at Pooh Corner. And I can now echo, decades later, my brother's words that they are indeed good books. Winnie the Pooh and the House at Pooh Corner are a set of children's classics written by A. A. Milne and illustrated by Ernest Shepard. Winnie the Pooh was published in 1926, and the House at Pooh Corner followed in 1928. Milne wrote the book of poems for children when we were very young, before he wrote the Pooh books. At the time of its publication, he was already a successful playwright, magazine writer, and editor, and he had written a standalone detective novel that was well-received. But today, he is most remembered for his Winnie the Pooh books. They are, to put it simply, the small and great adventures of a bear named Winnie the Pooh and his many friends who live in the Hundred Acre Woods. If you have not read the books, I'm sure you are familiar with the characters, Winnie the Pooh, his great friend Piglet, Rabbit, Tigger, Eeyore, Kanga, and Roo, Owl, and Christopher Robin, modeled after Milton's son. Within its pages, the lovable bear Winnie the Pooh, a stuffed bear of very little brain, or so he is constantly referred to, I tend to give him more credit, gets himself into a scrape when he disguises himself as a cloud in order to steal honey from bees. Pooh and Piglet try to capture the beast of the forest of the terrifying heffalumps and woozles. The friends invent a new game called Pooh Sticks, Pooh discovers the North Pole in an expedition led by Christopher Robin. They welcome the new friends of Kanga and Roo, and later Tigger. The gloomy donkey Eeyore is celebrated by his friends and given a new home. And Pooh and Piglet have many opportunities to display noble courage on behalf of their friends. 
The adventures of these characters are the kind that are born from a child's imagination, and they are told with Milne's characteristic tongue-in-cheek humor and wit. And because of this, they not only appeal to children, but also the adults who read them as well. Once upon a time, a very long time ago now, about last Friday, Winnie the Pooh lived in a forest all by himself under the name of Sanders. These lines are from the first chapter of Winnie the Pooh, when we are first introduced to Pooh in his natural habitat. At the start of the chapter, we are introduced to Winnie the Pooh and given the origin of his name. But he is in Christopher Robin's world then. It isn't until Milne turns to telling a story to Christopher Robin that we are introduced to the enchanted world of the Hundred Acre Woods, based on the real Ashdown Forest near Milne's country farm. It wasn't until I read the stories for myself, and another book I'll share in a minute, that I realized how integral place in the natural world is to the story. It is only fitting that Milne should write such a book for children after his own idyllic childhood. I recently read a wonderful quote in an equally wonderful book, The Natural World of Winnie the Pooh. It was a quote from Milne's father, who was a great believer in the importance of outdoor play to children. I hope it strikes a chord with you as well. Keep out of doors as much as you can and see all you can of nature. She has the most wonderful exhibition, always open and always free. If Milne understood the importance of nature for children because of his father, he also had great insight into the inner workings of children. And through his two Pooh books, shows with the greatest humor the wonder of a child's imagination. And he breathes life into what are essentially lifeless stuffed animals, endowing them with individual personalities, character, and flaws. The animals of the Hundred Acre Woods are heroic, silly, wise, kind, and selfless. They are imperfect. Vanity and selfishness sometimes show through, but it only makes the characters more real, and dare I say, more human. Many of them are essentially like children themselves. He pokes fun at the mispronounced words and misspellings of children, but he never mocks. He has the utmost respect for childhood, without making it too precious or sentimental. Winnie the Pooh and the House at Pooh Corner are full of all the wonderful things that I have just described. As I said, it includes the beauty of the outdoors, the freedom of the imagination to create grand adventures, the importance of humor to life, and the gift of friendship. But also, one last thing I want to highlight. These books, in their own small way, make room for the inevitable partings and goodbyes children face in life. In the last chapter of The House at Pooh Corner, all the friends of the forest gather around to say goodbye to Christopher Robin. None of the dear characters we have grown to love are absent. There is grave and important news. Christopher Robin is leaving to go to school. It is time for the friends to say goodbye to him for a while. He must go on, and they must stay. It is a heartbreaking milestone in any child's life to say goodbye to the precious toy companions of their tender years. One by one, the friends leave until only Pooh is left with Christopher Robin. Their goodbye lingers, as it should, because they are the oldest and dearest of friends. Pooh and Christopher Robin talk about everything and nothing in these closing pages. At one point, Christopher Robin says to Pooh Bear, What do you like doing best in the world, Pooh? Well, said Pooh, what I like best, and then he had to stop and think, because although eating honey was a very good thing to do, there was a moment just before you began to eat it, which was better than when you were. But he didn't know what it was called. And then he thought being with Christopher Robin was a very good thing to do, 
and having Piglet near was a very friendly thing to have. And so, when he had thought it all out, he said, What I like best in the whole world is me and Piglet going to see you, and you saying, What about a little something? And me saying, Well, I shouldn't mind a little something, should you, Piglet? And it being a hummy sort of day outside, and birds singing. This whole passage epitomizes contentment in the beauty of an ordinary life. Pooh can think of nothing greater in the world, or that he likes better than what he has just described. And then we come to the final farewell at the end of the chapter, but with this hope on the last page. So they went off together. But wherever they go, and whatever happens to them on the way, in that enchanted place on the top of the forest, a little boy and his bear will always be playing. I finished the house at Pooh Corner, in a coffee shop on a cool morning, with the first hints of fall in the air. I wasn't prepared for the poignancy of that last chapter, especially the final words of the book. What a wealth those few sentences have to say in their sweet simplicity about goodbyes and endings. It brings to mind another story about our dear Mrs. Reynolds. Mrs. Reynolds was fond of sending us letters and cards. I still have a Jane Austen card she sent us among my girlhood memorabilia, especially to my youngest brother who shared such a sweet bond with her. Shortly after Mrs. Reynolds died, my mom came across one of her letters to my youngest brother. Winnie the Pooh stickers, the Ernest Shepherd illustrations, decorated the outside of the envelope. When my brother saw it, he immediately asked to go visit Mrs. Reynolds. He was still young and death a strange concept, and it had slipped his mind that she was gone. My mom had to break the news to him again that Mrs. Reynolds was in heaven now. After mom told him, his little mind tried to comprehend the concept of this permanent but temporary goodbye. But there was that glimmer of hope for him to hold on to. How often have I wished, like him, to visit Mrs. Reynolds and have one of our old literary chats over tea. I've shared about this before in the Jane Austen episode. But for now, I am content with the memories of our past conversations. And for the myriad of books she recommended to me as a child, Winnie the Pooh, chief among them. And knowing that one day, that glorious one day, I will sit down to tea with her again, and her contagious laugh will ring out in heaven, filling it with music. In the childhood words of my brother Tim, read Winnie the Pooh, and the house at Pooh Corner for that matter, if you are looking for a good book. And on Mrs. Reynolds' sound advice, Read it because it is a children's classic and there is a reason that it has stood the test of time. Read it to become acquainted with the world that A.A. Milne created, and I defy you to finish it without wishing you could pay your own visit to the Hundred Acre Woods. Read it for the colorful cast of characters that Milne gave voice to, Piglet, Owl, Rabbit, Gloomy Eeyore, Kanga and Rue, the Irrepressible Tigger, Christopher Robin, and of course, Winnie the Pooh. Read it for its tales of friendship and adventure, and for its delight, humor, wit, and kindness. If you enjoy Winnie the Pooh and the House at Pooh Corner, you may also enjoy When We Were Very Young and Now We Are Six, collections of poems for children written by Milne, also The Red House Mystery, which is on my nightstand as I speak, and The Natural World of Winnie the Pooh by Catherine Alto. I've been reading this book slowly over the last month and cannot praise its charm enough. It gives such a wonderful introduction to how the books were written insight into how important nature and landscape are to the stories, and some delightful biographical background into Milne's childhood, which sounded idyllic. I asked for this book for my birthday, and I'm recommending it to all my friends. Well, that's all for this week. I'll be back next week 
with a sneak peek of what's to come on the podcast in October. Have a wonderful week, and I hope you enjoy reading Winnie the Pooh. Until next time. Thank you.